Hey y'all, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to take just a quick second to introduce our guest, Susan Mathis. Lucy and Susan have been close friends since high school, and now I am lucky enough to have her in my circle of badass women that I'm surrounded by. As you'll learn in today's interview, Susan currently works as the head bartender at Amerigo, but of course, like the goddess she is, she also has a calligraphy business side hustle, and y'all, it is legit. She does menus, wedding invites, and everything in between. And of course, I was in tears by the end of the interview, so who's surprised by that? Um, but because I was in tears, Lucy and I totally forgot to plug her calligraphy Instagram page. So after you're done listening to her story, hop up onto Instagram and search SusanMathis.designs. That's Susan, which y'all should hopefully know how to spell Susan. Mathis, M-A-T-H-I-S dot design on Instagram. All right. Enjoy. All right. All right. Well, should we toast? Let's toast. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it sounded like a gong. Did it not? Oh, yes. Oh, all oh. my Mulan dreams just came true. Welcome to yet another episode of Athena Speaks, the podcast where we break down societal barriers that tell us just exactly how to be women and instead empower and encourage one another to be the confident, self-assuring, badass goddesses that we already know we are. Ladies, ladies, welcome. Ladies, ladies, welcome. Um, we have a really special guest here today who may or may not be as excited as I and as excited as Sydney. I'm really excited. I know I am too. Like I, I feel like I say that at the start of every episode. I know. I'm like, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm always really excited. Like I kind of want to chest bump you right now, but we're seated. You so. also always say that. You're yes. Like, I just want to chest bump you. <sighs> I, wish that, I wish that could be brought back to being normal in real life, but it's weird. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, Anyways, so our special guest is one of my dear, dear friends named Susan. Um, we've been friends for a long time since middle school. Go Vikings. Yes. Um, <laughs> Susan, you want to say hey and just tell us a little, yeah. a little about yourself? Hello. Um, I'm Susan. I actually am thrilled to be here. I don't know why she said that. I think it's more because I'm nervous and I'm not usually nervous. Um, you know. I can hear my own mouth sounds and stuff in this technology they have going on around here, but no, I'm really excited and honored to be here. I'm going to plug myself really fast. I was a part of their original um, podcast uh, team. Yeah. yeah the production team, team. Like production team. I mean, they are obviously like had the idea for years and are the brains, but I definitely uh, took notes on their first episode and yeah, you you know, did. gave them feedback. The I episode that no longer exists. It. Oh yeah, we deleted that episode. Oh, which is probably a good thing. It was just trial by error, but I mean, like, I took notes. You did. You, did. you were really <laughs> supportive, and you were probably a lot kinder than yeah than we should have. I do also shamelessly plug um, Athena speaks on a regular basis with my swag. So you know, check oh, out yeah. the merch. Yes, please. Uh, I wore my wine uh, sweatshirt to work the other day. I'm a bartender. Um. And all the new hires just thought it was the funniest thing that I was wearing a wine sweatshirt going to be a bartender. So I love that. I was like, well, it's actually Athena Speaks. Check out the logo. <laughs> yeah. Check out the logo on the back. Yeah. AthenaSpeaksPod.com. I know. And yeah. Susan got two people to buy a She's Birdie with our goddess code 10. Mm -hmm. 
or our goddess 10. Yeah, Thank I was God, at Susan. Aerie. You're at doing Aerie. better than us. I know. And I had it out and they were like, is that one of those birdie things? Like, it's she's birdie. And if you use, the, what is it? Goddess 10 at, at checkout. checkout. Yeah. 10% off. God. Oh my gosh. Wow. I know. I Susan. love her. I love her so much. I am an OG. You are, you are, you are the OG. <laughs> yeah. She's the OG. Okay. So, so Susan and I grew up, we both, uh, we, like I said, we went to middle school and we went to high school together. Um, as I feel like time has passed, Susan and I have really remained friends because she's, she's just like, she's just a real, a real one. Um, she's the kind of friend that will use humor in all circumstances <laughs> warranted or not warranted but i mean that in the best way because sometimes everyone needs just a little bit of laughter mm-hmm. especially when you're when you have to say things that are not pleasant sometimes yeah for sure definitely yeah. um but i kind of want to just talk really quickly give everyone some background so we went to school together so our friendship began um what was i guess what was your take on like i guess let's let's go over maybe your history we'll call it so high school into college, you know, what was that like for you? So nutshell. Uh, yeah, in a nutshell, grew up in Brentwood. Um, actually went to a private school um, from preschool until fifth grade. And then I my parents decided to move um, to like the Cool Springs area, which would at the time be zoned for Brentwood Middle and Brentwood High. Um. As an adult now, looking back on it, I remember being so sheltered and like feeling super, I don't know. When they told me I was going to a public school, I was like distraught, which now I'm like, I'm so thankful that I did like not just, you know, taking away from anybody else. But I love my experience at both schools. But uh, yeah, anyways, we moved Cool Springs area, went to Brentwood Middle, uh, made the basketball team super pumped about that (laughs) also i need you guys to know susan is taller than i so it makes sense that she played everyone's taller than me you're right (laughs) susan's significantly taller than me which makes sense why she plays tall girl sports yeah if i had a dollar for every time somebody asked me at work oh yeah what did you play volleyball or basketball you You are so tall are you on a platform (laughs) like (laughs) do you have any more questions sir um yeah no I'm very much taller than Lucy but anyways I made the basketball team and made friends pretty quickly um went to Brentwood High School played volleyball and basketball there um but school I think like with my personality and stuff school was always like I always had to be super busy so you know in grade school your schedule is seven six thirty in the morning until three in the afternoon and then I immediately have workouts or practice um afterwards so everything like I had to get it done and I lived in like this super fast pace I say fast pace but like as a 16 year old like but it's fast paced and you have to get stuff done right um so I did really well like made great grades um but I was my parents were strict um and I didn't realize how strict they were until I left high school. Um, Obviously, I had, you know, run-ins with my dad where it was like, you're not doing well in algebra, you're not going to this event, like, you're not spending the night out. 
you have this, you're not going to prom because you have a volleyball tournament like that everybody else was skipping, but I had to go to. I didn't end up playing college sports, um, but any opportunity, he was like, you're going to, we're skipping the the social, the social activity and like you were working on either academics or your future in athletics and which I'm, I guess I'm thankful for now, but it was tough. I, I can relate in that sense. You and I had a lot of conversations about the fact that my parents also were not like the cool parents. They were like, you have things that you need to take care of. LOL yeah. that you think I give a rats behind about your social life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you live in my house. I need mm-hmm. you to do the things that I've asked you to do. But I do think that maybe, and this could just be my opinion because I'm your friend, but I do think a lot of that played into kind of the decisions of you living on your own for the first time when you went to college and maybe some lessons like I feel like everyone goes to college and has life lessons you know yeah yeah we heard about mine yeah (laughs) everyone everyone goes to college and and beautiful things happen and then dicey things happen for sure uh a lot of both of those things I would say I so I went to Western Kentucky in Bowling Green so it was like that perfect balance of um you know it's like an hour away so I was away from home but it was close enough to come home and work on the weekends when my dad was like I don't care if you don't have enough money for beer or cheap uh Burnett's vodka and all the flavors classic all flavors there's so many flavors I would just oh my gosh I can't even makes me want to gag um but he's like I don't care if you don't have enough money for all the things that you want to do on the weekends or like your sorority t-shirts or like your formal dress or whatever like you can come home and work and so that's pretty much what I did but my first semester I moved in to the dorm um with a girl that actually went to Burnwood High um and I mean I took 18 hours and I just said fuck it like I mean it was like I didn't realize the not gravity what is it like the weight of like just show up you know just show up and like do the things that you're supposed to do but like I had been living in such a structured lifestyle my entire childhood that like all of a sudden nobody I'm a number unless I make myself known to the professor or right in exactly. what I want to do and I mean it was like I don't know I would say I give it like a month maybe two and then like I'm in a, a rush to sorority and I you know I made my best friends and then there was a party every night yeah. and then there's an event there's a sand volleyball tournament which you know I was there I won every single year <laughs> she like, says that casual, casually casual it was a big i was like but it's a huge famous it's a huge on yeah. campus for that and right. that only so basically you're finally kind of like tasting freedom for the first time for sure and you're like um lol to my structured life like i'm right. about to actually just live but i honestly didn't even realize what i was doing because it was like i'm saying yes to everything i have yeah. serious fomo and i always have but like as i've grown older i've realized that you know you're not necessarily missing out and right but at that time I was like saying yes to everything skipping class here and there and honestly thinking that like I could just make up for it at the end of the semester like if I skipped a class or like did bad on a test like that's what you can do in high school right like you know I'm I was sick like can I make that test up 
not the case. Um, and I flunked. I literally failed. Like my GPA is so embarrassing. Like first semester, it was brutal. And I came home on Christmas break and my parents were like, so where are your grades? And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I hid from them. And I went to parties and I went to concerts and I ignored them and dodged them. And then they finally found out uh, how bad it was. And my dad was like, listen here, also fortunate enough for my dad to pay for my school, which um, growing up in Brentwood, I realized that that's not normal Mm -hmm. for for parents to pay for their kids schooling. I mean... I had a friend. It's not normal. I was. I had a friend who also like from the Franklin Brentwood area and she like her last semester had to take out a loan and it was like the most like humiliating, devastating thing for her. And I'm like, dude, hold on. Like everyone takes out loans. Like that's like pretty normal. But like coming where she came from, it was. Right. This like huge deal. Well, and I think about this. So like we we're like when we talk about Brentwood, Tennessee, we're in like what the top 10 wealthiest areas in the United States. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's where where we grew up. And I think sometimes it's hard to understand that not one, not everyone lives that way. And two, not everyone parents the way that your parents parent or that my parents parent because there were like we had friends that did the same thing you did you know like that went to school joined a sorority or played on a sports team got wasted every night didn't make good grades came home did their parents ask absolutely not because they were living in that social image that they wanted their kid to have that was more important to them and and they weren't trying to hold their their kids accountable for that and so it's tough to not fit that usual mo and this was also, I mean, Susan's parents are great people. I adore them. They're so, so wholesome. But they also, at the time, like they meant business. Yeah. And that was, that. I imagine that being really, really difficult, yeah. especially as like a young, what, 19, mm-hmm. 19 year old. But just to be clear, um, I, don't, I don't know, I meeting people from not Brentwood or surrounding areas you know it has its uh stigmas like oh you're from Brentwood like you're super rich okay my parents worked hard for what they have and they are well off but by no means are we like living this or were we living this lavish over-the-top lifestyle of a celebrity that many many Brentwood people do live yeah my dad is great with his money provides for his family but he's also like, we earn what what we want. Right. And there's not really any other way around it. Like, I'm not giving you handouts. Like, I'm going to provide your education for you so long as you follow my rules. Basically, like... Hold up your end of the deal. Yeah, hold... Exactly. Hold up your end of the deal. Um, he gave me a GPA that he wanted me to hit. Or and threaten me after this first semester, I will pull you out and will not pay for anything, and you will come home and work if you don't do it. Right. And so I feel like and this so is it shocked. Music. It shocked the system. Yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like I actually have to like. He's serious, but I don't know. So the next semester I go back and like I kill it. You know. Right. <clears throat> 
I still did everything, but like I actually gave a shit about my academics because I didn't want to leave all my friends. Right. Not thinking like I didn't want to not further my education. Like what, you know, it's all young and dumb, but so killed it the next semester. Then it was summer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I did, but then when I went back for the fall, it was like deja vu. Yeah. Just back in the in the same. But it was close. I didn't like flunk out. I just didn't hit his GP mark. Yeah. And I I begged and begged basically to go back. He let me go back. I can't, you know, that was great. Then fall semester um was just like horrible. Like I just right. completely dismissed everything. I couldn't pass <laughs> college algebra. Still can't do that. <laughs> Math isn't for everyone. Math sucks. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but it was also just like, you know, my dad was like, they're providing you with all of the knowledge, like all of the information you need to pass. Like there's no reason. But also my personality, like if I'm not good at something, I really, if I'm not good at something and not passionate about it, there's, it's really hard for me to care, to care. And that is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, in this scenario, it was awful because I failed that semester and my dad pulled me out of school. Mm -hmm. So um, I moved back to Brentwood. No, and this is where if you were like folding a load of clothes or something, you were doing other things. This is where the plot thickens. Yeah. <laughs> because this is not the usual MO, let's be honest, for someone in the area that we grew up in to have their parents be like, mm -mm, I'm so sorry, Carmel. This is not, this is not what we're doing. And Susan came home and I remember this because it was, I, I was also home, but mind you, like I'm trying to, to be a teacher at this point. And I was also dealing with no, problems. This isn't yet. This not is yet? my junior year, our junior year. Yeah. Like I was going into your junior year, going into my oh, first semester I, of junior year. Okay. So I wasn't dealing with yikes love yet. That was next summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm just really excited. Oh, Emphasis on the chest bump. Yeah. Sorry. So that semester I come home. I, um, okay. This is where I'm like it, actually super thankful for sorority. Now I have like my qualms and issues with it, but it, in my case at my school, the, people that I was surrounded with were so supportive and like incredible people. And we were, you know, it was like the perfect fit for me. It was very like sporty and very competitive and chill and funny people, which right. is exactly who I vibed with. Like I found like a group of friends that's just like my group of friends from childhood. You know, we don't take pictures when we go out, we get to, you know, we take too long at the pregame, yeah. listen to ratchet music, like music, what is that? <laughs> listen to ratchet music, like, you know, all the things. So I found this like incredible group of people and they were just like, we believe in you. Like, we know that like, you're going to do this. Like, it's going to be fine. Like work your work this semester and then like get your ass back here. Like right. we miss you. And I also I was in a house. I had moved into a house, mm -hmm. so I was renting out my room. Uh-huh. Um so my dad let me go back. And I went back for a year and a half. This is when I thought it was close, right? So it's 2015, all my friends are graduating and me and one other girl that I was really close with. Um we had a semester left. Um moved into an apartment together and 
I, it wasn't just like school. It was also money too. Mm -hmm. Like I was just pissing away my money Mm -hmm. and couldn't pay rent. And then, uh, started dating my still boyfriend, Cody Hudson. Shout out. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see if he listens. I'm going to make him. (laughs) um i mean we did talk about his feet significantly so oh no he has buy-in we can't i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) yes no but but i was still i was dating him at the time and like we were long distance he was playing basketball uh, at missouri baptist in st louis Mm -hmm. and um my best friend one of my best friends lauren and i decided to go to new york city and not tell our parents and i also had four hundred dollars to my name yeah and also not Thank you. That was my cat, Jim. Sorry. Thanks, Jim. Okay, we can um, edit it out. It's fine. Um, we didn't. Well, she told her mom, but I didn't tell my parents. I had $400 to my name. I had just gotten back from visiting Cody um, in St. Louis and had overdrafted my bank account. Like, I opened up a credit card. I'm telling you, like, I was ignoring everything. All the signs. All, everything. And I, we went to New York City. My phone was cut off. Um, like, I mean, it was ridiculous. I spent money I didn't have, like, on this credit card. Um, it was nuts. It was a very fun trip. Had a great time. But came back. And then, like, I am in the middle of the semester. I had an internship as the lead graphic designer at um, an ad agency on campus. Um, and I was like late and showing up, like calling out because I'm like visiting my boyfriend, like things that now, you know, people always are like, I regret, I don't regret anything. Okay. Yeah. I regret, you know, I regret that because I didn't realize at the time the opportunities that were like handed to me and I was talented enough to get them. Mm -hmm. So Suze, in hindsight, now that you are wiser and older why do you think young susan what have you thought of why do you think you made those choices or chose not to make certain choices does that make sense yeah so like looking back thinking about like the woman that you were then versus the woman that you are now what then do you think maybe was missing that really influenced some of the decisions that you made because i feel like all women go through this phase do they not yeah. Where you look back and you're like, wow, I was like a shell of myself. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> I'm I'm mortified at that version. But you made those decisions for a reason because you were, I think you're missing or there was some piece that wasn't put in the puzzle yet, you know? Yeah. So have you thought about that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, that was a deep question, Luce. Thanks. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I think it was a lot. I think it was um, a lot of it was rebellion. Yeah. Like deep down. I'm not, I don't think that when I was doing it, I was like, I'm rebelling. Like (laughs) I am saying, fuck the system. Like I hate my parents and I hate everything that it stands for. Like, no, like (laughs) I, I knew, I know and knew what was good for me. Right. And what it would take. um, And you knew that you were capable and you knew that you were capable. Capable and talented and smart. I like, I know I have all those qualities and I knew I did at the time. I honestly, like, I do think that a lot of it was, um, one, was ADD that I got diagnosed with officially, like, after I came home junior year. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and which is bizarre to me too. I have, I'm not really completely sure about the whole thing, but it's like high school and stuff. Like my schedule, like I talked about earlier was so packed every single day and there was no choice. Like I remember thinking like, if I see the clock after 10 o'clock, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be able to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be so exhausted. Right. And not being able to focus in certain things, this and that. But then I get to school and it's like, you have to make yourself succeed. And I was struggling with that. I don't know. I think it's that. I think it's rebellion. I think it was um, being like a yes man, like always saying yes. I think it was also now looking back on it, it was like school might just not be for everyone. Right. No, cheers Which, to that, though. Oh, yeah, cheers to that. It's so strange to say because um, to wrap up the school thing, I had one more semester left. And then I ended up, like, not doing well again. I didn't fail, per se, but, like, I had to retake another class. And then it was just, like, this – all of these, like, lingering classes. And I was just, like, what the fuck? Like, I, it's, like, I just cannot – I can't do it. Like, I can't right. finish. Like, it's, like, I get – rave reviews in the classes that I'm passionate about these graphic design classes these art classes these um like uh media law and ethics I was even good at like stuff like that things that I wanted to do right I did very well in and then it was like all the other filler bullshit classes right like western civilization before the 1600s yeah <laughs> <laughs> that nobody yeah. wants nobody like, wants yeah, no one no, like no one give wants. me a break like right. i i mean i failed it right because i just didn't go and then it's like certain math classes i would i couldn't get through um and so i just it was a combination i my parents were like i think you need to come home again and i was like no i think i'm gonna come home again right and for a long time, it was like, I'm working at this restaurant. I've been there. I have been there since 2013. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a long time. So long. But I was working there. I was making good money. Um, but I was also living with my parents. Mm -hmm. And that was a an absolute nightmare. So, like, I'm now I'm, like, denying the fact that I'm not finishing school. I'm working at a restaurant and making good money, but I'm also living under my parents' roof. Right. And they wanted you to live a very specific way. Right. And they were not happy. No, they were not. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, I also grew up in a very structured and strict environment. And I think that like when you're trying to find yourself, Cindy and I talk a lot about the fact that like college is like your second puberty that you go through, you know, like I you like that. Like you think that you know who you are until you have to live on your own and you're in all these like honestly extreme environments where situations in life you you've never prepped for right. those moments, right? I mean, yeah. that's how we describe that, you know? And so here you are in an environment that like we thought we were ready for, you know, but then everyone goes to college and has some sort of like Yeah, but I think that it's like it's a facade. Like I don't think that you're actually ready for it. I think, I think honestly, like, and not to like go way off the path here, but honestly, like in our country in general, I think that like kids are so sheltered before they go to school and they're like, they're not allowed to experience things and they're told not to. I think that that problem gets even 
worse when you're in the South. I think it gets 10 times worse when you're in the South in a wealthy community. Like you said, your entire life was like structured out for you. And that's why like ADD didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you had this schedule, you had to follow it. Like you were told like, you have to go here from this time to this time. Then you have this sport, then you have to study for this. Like it's so structured. You never had a chance to do it on your own. And so when you actually got to this, to this place where you have to do it on your own, the tools aren't there, even though it's like kind of contradicting, like you think that they should be, you're like, oh, well, I came from this like great community. I went to this great high school. I have great parents. Like, why don't I have the tools? And I think that in a lot of ways, like you were like hindered in your childhood by all, by so much structure. And I think so many of us deal with that. Yeah. Like I know like. my parents weren't very strict, um, but I lived in a bubble. I mean, if you're from Franklin or Brentwood, you live in a bubble. You really do. And I went to private school my entire life, 13 years. I lived in this bubble and it doesn't mean that I didn't see bad things happen. I have situations with my family that I saw like bad things happening. So I wasn't necessarily like not exposed to like raw life, Mm -hmm. but I also got to school and I also in my own way spiraled. And, and a lot of mine was like mental health issues, but I, I just spiraled because I didn't actually have the tools that everyone like assumed that you should have, like coming from this great place and like having been successful in this like wonderful community with all these people supporting you, like I spiraled. And I think that that's a pretty, a pretty common trend. I think everybody spirals. Yeah. You know? But but I think, I think it's like very taboo though. Um, oh, it is taboo. But like I the think- conversation seems to be taboo where it's like, I remember when I I was pulled out the first time and essentially like cho- halfway pulled out, also chose to drop out when my friends and not friends, like, you know, acquaintances were like, but you're from Brentwood, like your parents are paying for your school. Right. I'm like, okay, I understand that I have the opportunity to have a paid education from my parents. Right. But also it's not a guarantee. Right. And I think like getting older now, like, yes, I think that being a little bit, not a little, but like sheltered and having strict parents to a degree hindered me. I also think now, like I'm almost thankful for it in a way. Um, because I mean, a lot has changed obviously in the world, but like with me and like my family, Um, and their outlook on things so it's like they're finally realizing that like i know obviously it took a while but they're finally realizing like oh my daughter can be poised and an adult and deal with her money and her everyday life situations and she doesn't have a degree right she well, and I think that can that's, do all these things. I think that's why this that. story is finally like coming full circle. And I, when with them coming full circle, right. like my friends, like my close friends, have always just been on board, mm-hmm. and that's like why they're still in my circle, right? With whatever I'm doing. But I think that's why this this story is is so wonderful, is because it wasn't you didn't just have strict parents. Like you grew up in a strict society. Sure, I mean like. We, we all did. 
um, at least the three of us sitting here right now, it's it's not just your your parents' rules. It's that like all of that is reinforced by like the society that you're into yeah. and the society that's like you have to follow this path in order to be successful. Like you have to follow the path. Mm-hmm. And, and and I really genuinely think that you chose not to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's badass. Like yeah. you were like, okay, I realize that I have this opportunity. I realize that like I'm smart enough to make it happen. I realize that if I like would follow the path that like I would have all the support that I need. But at the same time, like I'm actively choosing not to do this because it it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like you said, like if you were like genuinely passionate about completing this, then, then you would have, you know? Right. But that's that's not where your passion lied. And I think that that takes like a lot of courage, yeah. especially coming from a place where like, following the path like that's what you do like, yeah that's it's just what a you long do. time too like I'm I'm not even joking like it's not until recently like within the last you know two to three years mm-hmm. where I've been like not embarrassed or like discouraged you know like I don't know like you come home from school in the summer it's like what do you do now like are you an accountant like (laughs) are you married yet yeah like how many kids do you have now like Mm -hmm. when are you getting married okay now I'm like yeah I'm like the lead bartender at this restaurant that I work I've been working at for like eight years Mm -hmm. um I have a calligraphy business Mm -hmm. on the side like I lived out in downtown Nashville in a um, badass apartment that I now want to move into. Yeah, I'm no. very excited about this. No, I love this place. I like sometimes in my dreams I'm here. It's just like so full of character. Yeah, it's your mm-hmm. vibe for yeah. sure. No, okay. So I want to backtrack because Susan, the reason I love her so is because she worked her ass off to get to where she is today. And I know that she talks about now being proud of those things. I've always felt that way as your friend. Oh, but is. Oh, uh, no. I, I mean, that's how you've always painted it. To that's me. how I've always yeah. described you is like, I have this really, really kick ass friend named Susan who works her ass off and she's really, really good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And it should be acknowledged more. So I want to kind of talk about that journey. So you started working at Amerigo, which if you aren't from here, if you're listening in one of our other countries, we found out we have a listener from Mexico. Hi. Oh, that's hello. So cool. Hola. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hola. Um, so in Germany, Dankeschön. Thank yes. you for being here. Yes. <laughs> we do. That's we amazing. have people. Yeah, I don't know. Any, I don't know. We don't have. There's a Sweden. I don't know how to say. Swedish. Yeah. I don't know that one. We'll have to, we'll come back to you. We'll come back Stay to you, Sweden. Thank yeah. you. But, um, leave a comment. But for, yeah, right. But for people that aren't from here, Amerigo is like this really delicious um, Italian restaurant. And there's what, three, five? How many are there? So um, in Nashville, there's one in Nashville. There's one in Cool Springs, Which is in, area. Yes. Um, there's one in Jackson, Mississippi. I thought there was one in Memphis for some reason. Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And Flowood, Mississippi. There's okay. actually one opening soon in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh. That's really exciting. So, okay. So Susan like started working there. Did you start hostessing or did you start waitressing? I started as a hostess. The, the story is actually pretty funny. No, um, you, you like literally started from the bottom nowhere here at yeah. this place. So my parents were like, I don't know. I was home for the summer or something like that. After my freshman year, I think in college. They're like, we're going to go to um, Amerigo. It's right by my house or their house. They're we're like, we're going to meet you at like 637. I don't remember, but uh, meet us there. So I remember, I literally remember what I was wearing. Very cringy. Uh, khaki J. Crew shorts and like some 
Oh yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic. classic Susan. Yeah, <laughs> classic. Okay. <laughs> Trying to be preppy. Yeah, but I'm not. Um, meet them there, and we sit down and have dinner. Um, and the manager was like making his rounds at the tables and was just like, "How's everything going tonight? Like, y'all enjoying your dinner?" My dad was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I wish y'all knew my dad. He's very he's dry." He is so dry. Bill is very dry. Um, he's hilarious. He is. But like it takes he's an onion. Very many layers. Yes. Um, but at the time, you know, we're like, we've been going through it, right? With my school and all that shit. So um, I'm home for the summer and like I need a job, right? So we're sitting there and the manager's like, How's everything going? And he goes, Everything tastes great. Um, are y'all hiring because she needs a job and I'm tired of paying for her shit. <laughs> oh, and I, I can just picture. like buried myself. You like just like wet your J. Crew copies. Oh yeah. my God. Right. <laughs> like that is so embarrassing. But I was just like, hi, yeah. Are y'all hiring? Like acting like I was like, actively looking for a job here at this right. restaurant. And, my, and the manager goes, Actually, you know, we're always hiring. Um, come between Monday and Thursday, between two and four, and make sure you bring a pen. And then he walked away, like mic drop. And I was just like, hm. my dad was like, hey, you're coming. You're going to be here tomorrow. He's like, I have a Mont Blanc pen for you on deck. Oh you my will God. be there two Literally. to four. Look. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, um, show up with a pen. And fill out an application and got Thank hired God that day. I brought the pen. Thank and now it's actually a big deal. Like people come in and don't have a pen, they don't hire. Them. Oh my Whoa. gosh! Wow. So like pro tip. It's yeah. not just the pen. Usually, it's like the, a little more than that. But you know, it starts with the pen. It yeah. Starts with a pen. Yeah. It's like um, a firm handshake. You gotta have a pen. Yeah. Oh, like, I was gonna do? say. We don't want, starts we don't want floppy handshakes, and we don't want no pens. So. No. Uh, fill out an application, got hired as a hostess, um, and then moved right on up. So then I was a server for mm -hmm. waitress. Yes. We call it server. You're in the industry. It's less degrading. <laughs> yes, we love it. <laughs> um, and then... Um, you got your ABC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Immediately ABC'd. Also, so you could bartend. So ABC license last five years. I remember being like, I'm not renewing this shit. I'm getting out of here. Right. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. <laughs> um but it's okay and then so I started serving like waiting tables and stuff and that's when like whenever I moved home from school like I would come and work full-time um and I just need to talk about what that means for full-time because I don't think people understand the effort that goes into being a part of the like food and beverage industry what Susan means by full-time when she lived at home with her parents is she would open meaning she'd work the lunch like 10 10 to what two mm -hmm. and then she'd have like an hour and a half break where she'd go home and like eat a sandwich with her mom in the kitchen mm -hmm. and then come back at four and work until like 11 and then the process would repeat every single day and she would take off what one day two maybe two days a week mm -hmm. but they're never the weekends it's always like today is a monday so susan that's her off day and yeah. so i remember for a long time i would text susan and i'd be like hey like you want to hang out and she would literally like like Sydney and I used to joke about how we always had soccer, like, sorry, I have soccer. But Susan was always like, sorry, I'm like, I'm working. And I don't, don't you know this right now? Yes. <laughs> casually. So, but I just think that that's something that again, is not the path normally traveled in the area that we are and the mm -hmm. way that people expect you like the picture painted picture, because you like worked like a, you worked like a dog. Like I, 
I can't stress that enough is that you literally started hostessing wearing all black. Oh, yes. You know, cleaning menus, taking people to their slip free shoes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Non slips. Yeah. And then you started waitressing and you had regulars, you know, because yeah. you're you. Just a handful. A handful. Now, and now I'm back in all black because that's what bartenders wear. And uh, everybody jokes like it's the Susan fan club. I know it sounds crazy and I'm not like here to brag because it's a blessing and a curse to be famous, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Oh, yeah. But but oh, for yeah. real, like uh, these people have paid for everything that I have, which is kind of like the mindset that you have to have being in the food and beverage industry because it is not like glamorous. Um, it is super fun, like making drinks and like coming up with things for people and all that stuff. But, you know, you have to think like these people are my livelihood. Like, you know, they're paying my bills. Right. And I live in a great apartment. I live in a great city. Like I can do a lot of the things that I want with a two weeks notice. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and you know, I'm here for the two weeks. Yeah. Very you know the type of friend I am. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. Um, being, I don't know, like a little staple of Brentwood, you know, bringing people happiness, one drink and pasta dish at a time. But um, <laughs> I did work hard to get there, which is it's weird, you know, admitting it, I guess, or talking about it, because for a long time, like that semester that I was home, I was clocking out and claiming my tips and I would have to turn that into my dad to buy my car back that they gifted me at 16. Mm -hmm. Gifted was the key word there. Yeah. So Susan literally worked and he... To give me back my car that I was gifted to earn it because I needed to work for something, you know, which is so, it sounds so crazy and like, no. but at the same time, it's like now that I have the things that I want and everything that I have is something that I paid for and I earned mm -hmm. and I worked for, then I'm like, okay, dad, well, you know what you're talking about. Right. You know, like to a degree. I mean, it was traumatizing for a while, but now yeah. it's like, okay, I get it now. You work for every little thing you have. Yeah. And so, I don't know, like looking back on all of that bullshit spirals, spiraling that I was going through, it's like I can write a book on how to succeed in college. I just don't want you to do it how I did it. Right. I, you know, not, but it's like success is so it's perspective and it's um, specific to the person. It's like my success wasn't necessarily everybody else's success. And now that it's like, oh, yeah, like, Susan, you, you're the bartender at Amerigo. Like, you have this calligraphy business. Like, that's that's fucking cool. Like, can I get your card or can like you hook us up with a reservation? Like you know the chef here like you know the chef there like can you make me a certain cocktail can you like do the envelopes for my wedding yeah you know like that to me is more and being able to like get a lot of the thing be able to pay for the things that I want um that's more success to me than like having a piece of paper a piece of paper and granted like I'm sure like if I had the piece of paper and like I wanted to be on that path then like I would totally have done it and maybe I will right but so right now I'm like oh god I almost yeah that was that was off. gonna my gonna be my next question 
I know that you talk about loving being able to to buy the things that you have and to like feel this success that is like in your your perspective like your defined version of success but right now like in your life like at this moment like are you genuinely happy that's a good question too um I am happy but um I think that like I might be outgrowing the Mm -hmm. industry per se um I know I'm good at my job right? right and I know I have a lot of people supporting me in what I do but also I don't really want to take the next step per se to in in that industry like I don't want to be a manager I don't want to be uh an owner or whatever right right. um so yes I'm happy but also like I know that there are like greater things on the horizon Mm -hmm. so I think that that's the fun and being my friend is like you know it could be like another week and I'll give you a phone call that's like this is the next adventure that I'm going to be partaking in like this Mm -hmm. is my exit plan um definitely been stewing on that and also I feel like I'm the type of person where it's like I always know like when I was in all of those trenches yeah I always knew that like I would pull out of it and like here I am Mm -hmm. but now I'm not necessarily in a trench but like I know that there's like better things for me. But you know that you've you've pulled yourself out of trenches and this right. isn't a trench, so you know that you can pull yourself out of something like right. this because it would be just finding a million something. times more easy than or easier than pulling yourself out of like the depths of the trenches, sure. right? Yeah. And I think that that also is like so liberating when you don't follow like society's plan for you is that you can just like pull yourself out and be like all right cool i'm going on to my next thing like i'm going to decide my next passion and i'm going to go for that 100 percent. and i think that that is something that people who do just like listen to the status quo and like go with what they're supposed to do like people can't i every you say you're happy and that is more than like so many people in our age group can say right like people with degrees people with master's degrees people with like jobs paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars right like that is like so much more just being able to say yeah i'm happy i mean like i'm not fully content like i know that i have something else waiting for me but like i'm happy i don't think that i know many people that can like genuinely say like and that's the key it's not like i don't have several days where it's like what was me like i don't want to do anything i mean work is work like it's it's gonna suck at some point like no matter what you do even if it's like your ultimate passion like it's gonna suck at some point i was talking to a guy the other day at work and he's like i don't know in his late 60s maybe early 70s like an old guy um his wife recently passed away and he's his health isn't very good and but he comes to like one of like two or three restaurants right and because of the service that he gets and um he was like I don't experience it often um and he was telling me about a story about like some awful bartender that was just really mean to him because kind of talked slow and but he has great stories you know yeah and I was listening to him and he was just like I come here because you have a great attitude. And I was like, attitude is everything. And I'm not saying I have a great attitude all the time because I definitely don't. Like I definitely have my bad attitude 
Yeah. And I have my words to say and I have my jokes at inappropriate times and just like that, <laughs> that like sarcasm that like is borderline very inappropriate, you know, like things mm-hmm. like that. But um, I was like, attitude is everything, you know, like I don't necessarily love going to work every day. Right. But I meet great people and I'm making money and also I get to be creative and like um, come up with things. Yeah. Come up with drinks, come up with food, like, and I'm a part of something and like, you know, it's your anniversary or it's your birthday or your wife passed away and you just need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Attitude is everything. And, um, again, I don't have the best attitude all the time, but like when you do have a good attitude and you treat people right, I just believe in that whole, like good karma. Like it comes back. Yeah. To you. And I know that like it'll come back to me when the time is right. Well, in attitude and again, perspective, like it would be easy to just focus on, oh, I really don't want to go to work today. But just those little things that you mentioned, like Susan, like that's so special. Like that's such a special quality to have to be like, I get to be a part of someone's anniversary. I get to be a part of someone's birthday. I get to like sit here and listen to this man, like tell me stories about his wife and his 70 years like of existing on this earth. And like, that is really beautiful. And I get to be a part of that. Right. And every single person has something like that in their day-to-day life, those little tiny moments that they can look for. And that's, I mean, that's where like happiness really exists are in those little moments for sure. And in like your perspective and like you said, attitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's, it's cool to also, I mean, also selfishly, it's like if I'm going out to eat or if I'm going somewhere, like I want to be treated like that. Right. I want somebody to like not act like they hate their life and their job Mm-hmm. And I'm a burden to them when I'm going out and celebrating a milestone in my life, or if something tragic happened to me, like I just genuinely want a good conversation. Like mm-hmm. selfishly, like I want that for myself. And I feel like that might not be the best attitude, but it's like I want that for myself. So I'm going to do that to other people, you know? Right. Because what if like they've had the worst day in their entire life mm-hmm. and they come in and they just want like a cool yeah. cocktail by Suze? <laughs> Cocktail by Sue. I got you. Okay. I have have another question. I do too. I have kind of a deep question, but I can go last because it's like. Mine's like relatively deep. It's like semi-deep. Okay. Hit it. Okay. So we'll go semi-deep then deep. Yeah. We're going to plunge to the depths of the ocean and we'll just. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Should I pour myself more wine? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my question for you is if you were speaking to another young gal who is in college And she's like, dude, I hate this. Like, I don't want to be here. What do you, what do you say to that girl? Like, what do you say to the girl who's like, this doesn't feel right for me. I don't know if I want to do this. Nice question. (laughs) This really feeds into my deeper question. So like, I love when we do this. Mm -hmm, Cheers. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Clinky clink. All right. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay. So. I have a few things. Um, I truly do think that if school is not for you, obviously an advocate, if school, if you feel like you're not happy and school isn't for you, then you like you shouldn't do things in life that you don't necessarily 
feel passionate about. But with that being said, like there are certain things that you have to do in life. Like nobody wants to pay taxes. Right. You know, you gotta do it. You have to differentiate between like, is this something that you're just kind of like, eh, I don't really want to do this. Right. Like, of course you don't want to go to school. Like, are you just giving up? Because it's eh. Or is it like really something that you're not not passionate? It's like making you genuinely unhappy. Like, that's tough because I do believe in like getting an education and bettering Mm -hmm. yourself and having a degree and moving forward in life. I truly do believe that. I know like a lot of people might disagree like after listening to this, like, wait a second, <laughs> you literally said fuck school. <laughs> well, then then take even school out of the equation. Just someone who's in a situation where it's kind of one of those like borderline things, like most people around them are doing it. And so you feel obligated to do it, but it's not something that like is this like, yeah. deep rooted passion. I just had a Britney Spears song come to mind where What's she's that? like, I'm not a girl. Can you guys finish it? Not yet a woman. woman. That's why we're friends. Okay, great. You have to commit. (laughs) Okay, yes. But yes. Okay. Um, With the school thing, I would be like, assess your situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying that I assess my situation. This is all falling back on like how I can write a book on how to succeed. Mm -hmm. Which you should Um, do, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it. (laughs) I have so (laughs) many things. Um, But assess your situation. You know, like, don't drop out of school or choose to not finish school um, just because of like bad things happening in your life. I think that it's important to like evaluate what's going on in your life and truly figure out like, are you going to be able to sustain yourself? Like if you don't finish this, right? Right. And again, like I didn't evaluate that at the time, but I also knew that I had like some sort of job that like I could rely on for a certain amount of time. And I'm not saying that that's like the best angle, but you know, just don't do it on a whim. That's silly. But like, I knew that at the time when I was like getting pulled out or like coming home, like I had my parents, you know, general, um, support. They weren't supportive of my decision, but like they weren't going to let me live on the street. Um, and I also had a job to sustain myself for like whatever I needed or had to pay for it. Right. But if in other things in life, I'm not passionate about this or I'm, I'm just like, I'm not there. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm also talking to myself too, because like I've been in this like same job for so long and I'm, it's not my, life passion so I'm like telling myself this too but I think it's like change is good and you have to take the big step right because if not like we're just gonna be like in this hamster wheel right I might make a lot of money but what's a lot of you know what's a lot of money if you're not happy exactly um so I guess my advice would be Again, evaluate your situation. What are you truly passionate about? From my dad, what's going to sustain your lifestyle that you choose? My mom always said that I had a champagne taste with a beer budget. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah, we all. But like, I like nice things. I like good good quality things. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not above a good like thrift store find you know what I mean like 
are you going to be able to sustain yourself right. in this transition? Um, what's really important to you? Weigh out all your values. Um, but make the move that like is truly going to make you happy. I don't know. Like what's going to make you happy? Yeah. Is money, is it money or happiness? Right. Right. And I so like all of us coming from Brentwood area, like money doesn't always buy you happiness. Like you wouldn't imagine the bullshit that I hear at the bar, like between these couples that are like rolling in the dough. Right. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything if you're not truly happy. And I don't know like if we're all just going to be truly, completely happy in every single thing because like that wouldn't be life. Right. But the things that you can control, then I say fucking do it because I don't know. Yeah. It's a waste. Otherwise, it we is only waste. have one life. I don't know. Like, I know that sounds so like inspirational and like cliche, but it's like, I only have one life and I, you know, we're having this, like, we're almost 30 thing. Yeah, we are. Like, we are almost 30. I'm having this thing. It's you know? a thing. Like, I'm it almost 30. I'm 28, okay? So I'm not... No, we're together, Suze. We're like a month apart, birthday buds. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, so weird. It's so weird feeling like I'm running out of time. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, like, people are finding themselves at 50. Right. Yeah. At 40. At 60. And I don't and necessarily I don't want to find myself at 60. But I don't think you ever stop. Yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, yeah I, you have to I love like, that. continue to grow and you have to continue sure. to like, because your passions are going to change. Like those things are going to change. And that's just how it is. You're yeah. constantly finding yourself and you're constantly like evaluating yeah. your situation and constantly like moving on to the next thing. Like that's okay. Yeah. I think it's just like for the answer, it's like weighing out your, what's going to sustain you and what's going to sustain you like mentally yeah because your mental I, health like if if you're if you can pay your bills and like generally get the things that you need mm -hmm. some things that you want but then you can have like um a career path or something like working that a job that you are you're truly passionate about doing um, then that I feel like is the best like move. Yeah. Right? Cause I mean, what's going to pay the bills, but also what's going to make you happy and allow you to do things that you truly want to do and be with the people that you truly yeah, want to be. I with. was going to say also the people and the yeah. relationships you have for sure, mm -hmm. because it's so like uncomfortable things are always are temporary. Like yeah. you're not going to live in an, in an uncomfortable state forever. Yeah. Let's be honest. So True. if your mental state is like, I'm present and I'm happy because a lot of times I feel like people find themselves like striving for things and wishing for the future to where they're not enjoying the present. Mm -hmm. And then that, that for me at least is something that I kind of am cogn cognizant of in like my, my current life Yeah, because it's really easy to just be like, Oh, I can't wait for this, this, and this, and this, because what maybe my phase right now is uncomfortable. Sure. It's a growth phase. But at the same time, there are so many things that like, you've you wish for and then you miss those like small victories mm -hmm. in the small time frame small victory you know yeah okay my question Suze, is this are you ready yeah okay great so you and i have talked a lot about this 
Um, I feel like the way we were raised is similar where we were just, and not that you weren't Sid, but I mean, like from our high school friends, Susan and I have always kind of connected in this way because our parents had very similar views on their expectations for us. Um, my question is this, I know that it had to be hard feeling like you were failing to your parents constantly and also have them <laughs> tell you that you're failing them <laughs> constantly. <laughs> oh my God. So my question for you is when was the moment when you finally realized that you didn't have to live your life for them? You got to live your life for you. Nice. Liz. No, that is fantastic because there are so many people so in my many. life, my friends, close friends that are like, I am just now learning that like, I am no longer my parents' child. Right. Like I, like, yes, like they're my parents and I'm their kid. And I like I always them. will be. And yeah. I love them. But like, I am, a, I am a completely separate entity and I'm an like, adult. I'm an adult and I, and I get to live how I want to live. Yeah. Right. That's, um, that's huge. And it's been huge in my life because, um, you know, like I'm going to college, um, but I didn't get a scholarship for sports. I flunked out the first semester. Parents are pissed. Right. Like then it's like, um, all my friends are graduating, but I'm not. Now I work at a rest. I still work at a restaurant. Everybody else has like some corporate job or whatever. Overrated, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Working for the man fuck is that. the worst. Yikes. Can we just all say fuck the man? Yeah, yeah fuck the man. <laughs> well, to a certain extent. But yeah. But it's like, um, it's always been present in my life, like feeling like I failed um, because I didn't finish school. Right. Like, and quite literally, that would probably be the only thing. I think everything stemmed, all of like this sense of failure stemmed from not finishing school. Right. Yeah. But I honestly will say, like, I remember, um, like my first like tiny dose of freedom was like, I am pulling off the family phone plan and I'm paying for my own phone because my dad yeah. would have like, you know, weird restrictions on my phone and call like, I mean, just because he just didn't want to pay for bullshit when I was bullshitting around. Right. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm getting my own phone. He's like, good for you. Congratulations. And I was like, okay, here we go. Um, but like my full dose of I like truly feeling like I wasn't failing and I'm like my own person was when I got this apartment. That's like, so cool. I got um, you know, like my dad, we had like that whole thing. And I always say my dad because my dad's like the the money man. He's the one that's like <clears throat> the hard ass. Yeah, he scared of dad. Love both of them. Right. Equally. But scared of dad. Mom is like disappointed, but still my friend. Or like right. mm -hmm. um, I always believe in you, but like I know you can do better. Like mm -hmm. easier to talk to, you know? I think it's hard, honestly, Suze, because I feel the same way. My re Sydney's relationship with her dad is is very, very unique. But I think most, uh, this could, I could just be like stabbing in the dark, but I feel like most women, that's the relationship that they have is that it's hard to feel like you're disappointing your dad because your mom is like always, always your mom, happy. you know, right. like they're, they're always there. But, but dad is like, whoa, like this is yeah. really hard. Yeah. So when it was like, 
like I mentioned earlier about clocking out at work and giving my dad the what I claimed um, to buy back my car right. that he had already given me. Um, that just like wasn't going well. And also like uh, my boyfriend was um, – he had moved back after school and – and he lived far away. He lived like 40 minutes away. And yeah. so we were always just like going out and I was ignoring all the rules. Mm-hmm. And so my dad finally like came. He, he it was it was the end. Like he was like, you need to get out of my house. And he gave me a date and he kicked me out of the house. But like he also didn't like literally put all my stuff outside. Like, you know, it was still out of love but it was oh my gosh I remember him saying like be out of my house by this date and I was like okay can't wait Mm -hmm. like just so cold Susan is so savage and the next day my friend and I went and worked out at this like workout class in downtown Nashville at six in the morning which nobody knows me but that's an early morning is, for you, Sue. Yeah, my mom would always be like, did you even know six o'clock came around twice in the day? <laughs> <laughs> but like went to this workout class at six with my friend. We went and got coffee and we drove around all day with a pen and a notepad to all the apartments, wrote down addresses and phone numbers that said like for rent, um, went to and toured places literally from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. that evening signed a lease that night and I moved out two days later and was just like yeah you said by this date well I'm leaving tomorrow and even though that was fucking liberating it was also like do I even have enough money to do this like am I gonna be able to do this um and it wasn't great you know like I was a horrible roommate. I wasn't ready for it, but I was like, it had to happen, but it was just like this like blurred time. Just and a I lived time there of, and of then. Growth. Oh no, Sydney, yeah. Sydney went, I've been went there. to that apartment. Yeah, I went to that apartment. On your birthday, remember her and Andrew? No, came. that wasn't that apartment. Oh no, this oh. was before. You're right. One before. Where, right. When we went oh. to the Chris Brown concert. <gasps> yeah. Were you had three roommates? There's, but one of them was really interesting. Very. I don't want to say your name, but it's the same name as my birth father. That was her roommate's name. Okay. God. Are you with me? Just like on Sid? a whole different, like different level, different world. I forgot about like, that apartment off of Ellington. 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 Close. Always. Close, but always no gonna, cigar. Always going to mispronounce. It's okay. Great. Um, yeah. Moved in there. Yeah. We lived there for a year and it just like wasn't the best. But then I got another apartment literally across the street from where I am now on a whim, like some freak deal. Um, yeah, lived was. there for a year. That mm-hmm. was a cool place. Lots of it amenities, was, but you know, it was a very highly priced place. Very overpriced, yeah. or you know, cheap, yeah, exactly. Cheaply made things. Right. But then when I decided that I wanted to live by myself, granted, at the time I'd been bo- dating my boyfriend for oh my gosh, uh, what five years at the time. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. Everybody's like, what, like, are y'all going to move in together now? Like, your lease is up. Like, move in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I have never lived by myself. Yep. I love you. 
I did this too. Like, I love you, but I've never lived by myself. Like, Mm -hmm. here you are in your one bedroom apartment, like doing all the things, having everything exactly how you want it. Yes. I've never had that. Right. It's always a shared living situation. And ironically, every person that I've lived with, like, they're not a freaking bartender, right? So, like, they're a teacher or (laughs) Lucy. Not, I didn't live with Lucy, but I lived with a teacher. I loved her to death, but like, our schedules were quite literally opposite the the most opposite you can even think of yeah they were the shared living spaces weren't shared because like i couldn't be in the living space because i would be disrupting her sleep that she went to bed at eight o'clock when i'm getting off of work at 11 and i want to have a glass of wine or five right (laughs) like (laughs) pretend yeah so it's like it was the bag yeah and it was just like a whole thing and so i was like i love you but i want my own place and i Literally across the street from where I was at at that time, I saw a sign in the front yard and it was like um, units for rent. And I was like, I walked across the street, asked if they had any units available, came in toward and she was like, "Um, this place is there's a person before you that like it took home one of the applications and there's a tour scheduled after you. So like if you want it. Do it. Do it now. And I was like, done. Bet. Got a check, wrote the application fee, filled out the application. I was like, I want it. Tell them not to come. Moved in. And that was when I truly felt like, I don't know, like every single bill that was once my parents and they were a part of is not. Like I moved into a one-bedroom apartment. I live where I want to live. Um. You that also, was when I truly once again went against the status quo of everyone being like, "Oh, so you're, you're like moving with your boyfriend now, right?" Exactly. And you're like, "Ah, yeah, actually not because like I, I love that question now. Well, well to a degree, also, it's like, like stressful, but also it's like, you know what? Thanks for asking like and recognizing like, you know, you've been around long enough to know like how long we've been dating, but also no, we're not because we're chilling and we're good and I want to live by myself and he lives by himself literally on the same street. Yeah. It's if, on the other side of the street. It's if, less than a mile away. Like he you comes over all the time in crisis. We you walk, walk to each other all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal, but it's our separate spaces. Yep. I have everything in my apartment the way I want it. There are no sports posters and there are no <laughs> flags. Yeah. I have, a ti- <laughs> I have a titleist flag in my room. Thank you, Andrew. Oh, that's but fair, Susan, but, I, but you know, I'm yeah. just like generalizing. No, I get it. I know that's same, so funny, Susan. I lived like, on my own for two years and it was you wonderful. Need it. You need it. It was wonderful. And I, I think there's like so many like Athena things in this entire episode, but that that's another one of them, which is just like, don't like, I think that so many women would be anxious about not moving in with their boyfriend because they'd be like, oh no, like. If I don't do this now, you know, like if, if I don't, if I don't make this happen then like, maybe he's not going to stick around. Like I need to move in. We, we need to that's move in together. funny like, to that's think about funny. Cody. Like, LOL, like, no, like <laughs> it is so much more attractive to be an independent woman, like doing your own thing, having your own life, having your own space. And if a guy is freaked out by that, then like he can literally like F right off. Like Cody is goodbye. so like, it's, it's funny because I know that he wants to move in together and I, you know, eventually, yes, I would love to, but he's so supportive of the like 
Susan's such a fucking badass because we've been dating through the like, bullshit, the turmoil. Yeah, you guys dated like, like, and he watched like my parents take my car, my parents pull me out, my parents accuse me of things. Like they they blamed him at first, and like that's been a whole rebuilding, you know. Like it was me. I'm the one that's like, no, we're going off the grid, like off the beaten path. It's no yellow brick road. Like we're going off the path and this is what I want to do and we're doing it. And he's like, yeah, cool. Like, okay, as long as I can be with you. Like, oh, and so Cody, it's just like, it's, it's cool because he's like, I think you should. Yeah, he. I thought he was going to be upset when I said, I don't want to move in yet. I want to live by myself. And he's like, no, you should. Like, yeah, no, that's Cody's awesome. a really great guy. We love Cody. We really love Cody. Yeah. He has his quirks as all men do. Oh, for sure. So does, I mean, I just talked about Taze on our last episode, but yeah. yeah. No, okay. it's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they have to because, like, also, what is it being with me? Like, obviously, yeah, I have got us up. Yeah. But, like, uh, he was like, yeah, absolutely live by yourself. Right. And yeah, we're good. Um, you know we're slow rolling things i mean i honestly he's just like he's the a great balance of like chill and um not chill i don't know what the other opposite what the other word he's i was like, gonna say it's like he's chill but like he knows what the right thing is and like where it's gonna be yeah um, but he's like letting me do my own thing mm -hmm. being here so Going back on the question, it's definitely being here, having my own place and standing my ground on what I believe in. Like, I want to move in with him when I want to move in with him. I want to pay all my bills and have my own thing, have my own thing going here first. Yeah. you And, and, and to know that you can do it alone. Like, yeah. that's such a big right. thing. Like, I, I think and my that parents was like, yeah, and that see was that. the biggest thing, too, of living alone was like, I want to know that I can do this by, by myself. myself. I don't need to depend on anyone. Like not a roommate, not a boyfriend, not right. a husband, not a parents, no one. Like I want to know that I can do I this can do entirely it by, myself. by myself and like still have the life that I want to live. Yeah. And that's what like the not feeling like a failure to my parents specifically where that came from was just like me knowing that like I made these decisions and then I don't know if it's like what they talk about behind closed doors. Like, you know, maybe they still want me to go to school or maybe, but, but at the same time they have halted the continuous like resentment or at least verbal resentment right. towards me or judgment. Um, and they have like verbally like verbal affirmation that like what I'm doing, they're proud of. They're like impressed with like the growth and they're, excited for the future and like see my potential and all those things you know right. so it's like but susan don't it's, i'm not living like, for my parents but right. like you're living for yourself and that, that was going to be my next question is like don't you feel like those resentments and those disappointments from your parents stopped coming when you finally accepted yourself and when, for like, sure you finally said like I feel confident and I don't, I don't need validation from anyone, including my parents. Like yeah. I need my own validation. And then once, once you validate yourself, Oh, it's that done. just, it's done because it's done. it just is this like huge, like it's an, it's an aura, honestly, like surrounding yeah. you that other people like can't break into. Yeah. 
the confidence like i think it was like the the aura like you said but it was like the confidence and the like standing my ground Mm -hmm. and like even though i'm unsure every day like i'm sure and yourself myself and like my future like i know what i'm worth and my potential and this this and that but they could see it yeah so then they were good and and it's like awesome to not be just like begging for their approval approval Mm -hmm. now they just like we just exist and like we can have like adult conversations and they're like they're proud but it's because i'm proud of myself right isn't it so interesting though like how everything in your life falls into place once you fall into place with yourself mm-hmm. i feel like everyone goes through that time where they're that it clicks and that you realize you're with the person that you're supposed to be with in your relationship yeah or if you're single you're single because you want to be it's mm-hmm. not right. like it's a it's a not it you've made the choice and same with the relationship with your parents um a lot of times i feel like people live for the approval as opposed to living for the for the relationship and when yeah. you change that mindset you live for the relationship right now and, there's approval in your and own approval. and relationship exactly. and your own approval and it just is so wild because i think about how, me watching you go through this experience and just seeing you basically like level up yeah it's like level 18 you know like mm-hmm. we're we're <laughs> like going through jumanji with susan's oh, yeah. choices but it it's been so fascinating and it's been so inspiring to be your friend because because of that i i truly have no other friends that i have seen what you've gone through like you're such a unique a unique human and i'm just like super proud of that and it's been really really dope to watch you and i'm so glad that i'm like a proxy friend yeah (laughs) i know it's 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 crazy to be a proxy friend (laughs) yeah um knowing lucy has been like I don't know. And then talking about y'all's podcast and your brand and like everything y'all stand for. And then she's like talking about you. And I'm like, I literally already know her. I like just feel this like, you know, it's like a soul yeah. connection. Like I just soul, feel like yeah. it's just like how it's supposed to be. Um, But thanks, Luz. That was really sweet. Yeah, I love you. Um, yeah. But that's like an OG friend, not original goddess, but like, you know, I'm yeah. talking like OG friend, like somebody that's seen you through and through and like continues to support you. And that's probably um the most important thing in my in my life is mm-hmm. like the people that support you. The yeah. people that like support you in the worst. And then they're just like, Yeah, I already know your potential. Right. Like I'm here for it. I'm oh. your hype, ma'am. Uh well, I think it's time for the question. I think it is too. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> We've just spent a lot of time talking about how much of a badass you are. I know. I have so much confidence. I know. <laughs> you should because you're an OG. Um, but our question we always end our interviews with is this. What is, in your eyes, what does it mean to be an Athena goddess? Ooh. I think to be an Athena goddess, I think we just like answered it. It's owning what you stand for and knowing that having confidence in yourself enough to like know that you will reach the potential that you believe you will reach. Is that a lot? Like knowing that you can reach your potential. 
having the people to back you up um, and not succumbing to um, society standards or like Brentwood bubble standards and just like owning your shit. Um, Mic drop. Yeah. It's like, it's owning, I think it's owning your shit, like truly doing and feeling and dressing and walking and acting how you actually feel. You know, I have my days where I'm like, I shouldn't wear shorts because I got sunburned so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But like, wear the fucking shorts, wear all the cheap Amazon jewelry and like fucking own it. You know, like that's why people want to be around you is because you're original. Because you're authentic. Authentic. Are you about to cry, Sid? No, I mean. (laughs) Oh my God, she's crying. It's because of the wine. No. No, this is this is oh my on god, brand. Sid. No, just like hearing it, just like hearing people like answer like what it means to be Athena. It just like every it's time like it's mean, so unique. No, it's so unique, and it means so much to me because, like Lucy and I have talked about this for so long. Yeah, and I just like hope and pray that more and more people can can hear these things. Like, and not not me and Lucy, but like your story. You yeah, know? and and like everyone we're interviewing, like it's just it's always so impactful. Yeah. Every single time. And oh, yeah. I think it's so cool, this whole thing that y'all have going, because obviously, like, I love talking, but it's like there are people all over, all walks of life. Like, you know, some people that, like, have just met me have no fucking idea, like, what I was doing, how I got here, like, where I live, what I am, what I'm worth, like who I'm around, like all that stuff. And it's so cool that like this whole mantra and brand and like what it stands for, like I truly do, like I'm not trying to be like a suck up like brown noser because (laughs) I will tell you that you're lame. I know. Because they, Sydney, I'm sure is lame. I haven't gotten to see those parts yet, but Lucy. No, I'm a square. Is a square. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a square. <laughs> but like, she's so cool. Like, but she's so Lucy. Like, it's yeah. so square that she's like it's so square. diamond. Yeah. It, yes. Oh, I think that's I, the name. Yeah, that that's it. it. That's, hey, that's, that's it. That's where we end. That's, that's where we end. That's gotta be it. Yeah. Okay, Suze. I believe in the OGs. Yeah. We're going to do our ending and you're going to do the second part. Okay. Okay. You ready? OGs. We're out.